0: It's like everyone's waiting for something to happen, like, it's just me. (laughs) <laughs> All right, sweet. I mean, who wouldn't want to come see me? <laughs> I would. Okay. How is everybody? Now we're talking. Oh, yeah. It is, like, fantastically nice outside. It has been most of the week. man. I'll I tell you, that kind of helps, like, set the tone a little bit, like, change people's perspective a little bit because it's nice. Right? All right. So we're just gonna say tons more great weather in Jesus' name for like weeks to come. All right. Um, real quick on announcements, let's. You ready? Okay. Amanda Emery's gonna come up here and give an announcement real quick. Ready? Go. Yeah. Cheer on. Woo!
1: Hi, everybody. Um. Okay. So. A couple of weeks ago, I got a kind of a vision for blessing bags. I don't know. Maybe a lot of you have heard of that. In the warmer months and previous years, I noticed that there are a lot more people asking for help outside. I don't necessarily want to say homeless people, but people who need help. And um, I feel like I need to be pretty transparent with you guys tonight. A, a couple of years ago, when I was real new in my faith, um, I was leaving Walmart with my kids in the car, and my, there was a man holding a sign asking for money, and I just drove by him and act like I didn't see him, which I'm sure happens all day long. And my son was in the back seat. And we're just starting to teach him about Jesus. And he said, what was on that sign? And I told him, and he said, well, why didn't we help? And so that made me stop and think about, what am I teaching my kids? I think I gave him an answer like, well, we don't know where that money goes. It might go to bad habits or something like that. And then, of course, I got hit with a lot of conviction after that about, does Jesus say don't help people because you don't agree with how they don't spend the money? Or yeah. So, um, <laughs> he led me to, shortly after that, God led me to Matthew 25, 31. The verse that says, but when Jesus comes, this is talking about um, the judgment day. But when Jesus comes, In his glory, with all the angels around him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand, which we know is a place of honor. Um, And that's where we want to be. And he'll separate, oh, he'll put the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those on the right... Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these my brothers and sisters, you were doing it for me. And so I had to repent and I had to tell my son that I was wrong and that when we see people like that, it doesn't matter what they do with our money. Because we're not doing it. We're doing it because we want to tell them that Jesus loves them. And that's what's important. It's the only thing that's important. So all last summer, I never, never let an opportunity pass me by to where I could stop and give people money. And I would say, Jesus loves you or God bless you. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I saw someone... Um, for the first time since last summer with a cardboard sign asking for help. Anything helps. God bless you. And I did that. I gave them money and I said, God bless you. But uh, I didn't feel like it was enough. I said, is this what Jesus would do? Would he just give them some money and say, God bless you? Do they feel like Jesus loves them because I did this? And I had to say, no, probably not. So a little while later, I was sitting in church two weeks ago and just Holy Spirit just came over me. And I remembered something that I saw online a long time ago that I didn't think anything about when I saw it, but they're called blessing bags. And they're bags that inside of them you have toiletry necessities, you know, uh, soap, toothpaste, stuff like that, pocket Bibles, maybe words of encouragement, some quarters gift cards to grocery stores in small amounts, things things like that. So I started, my heart kind of started to quicken, and I got excited, and I was like, okay, that's a good opportunity to bless someone. That's a little more than that. But then I had another thought that I knew didn't come from me because, first of all, I'm terrified to pray for people. I definitely don't get excited about praying for strangers, and doing it, on Wyatt Earp in front of the whole town. Sounds really, really scary. So um, then Holy Spirit said, yeah, but you don't just give it through your window. You park your car and you go to this person and you ask them what their name is and you make them feel like they matter. So for all those times that I just drove past them and acted like I didn't see them, now I'm going to do the opposite of that. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to say, you know, I I just want to get to know you a little bit Jesus sent me here today to tell you that he loves you. Can I pray for you? So um, the more I pressed into this, the more I felt like Holy Spirit was asking me to, not to do this by myself, but to ask my church community if they would be interested in helping me. So I reached out to the pastors at Will Roads and Jamie and Amy and Josh. Jamie. <laughs> um, and they were so gracious and, and saying that actually, we'll, uh, the gathering has done this before a long time ago that I never even knew that and uh, it would be great to do it again and they, and they want help. So uh, I met with Amy yesterday and we thought it would be cool to ask you guys if you wanted to be part of this, if you would be willing to donate some quarters or money that can be turned into quarters that we can put in these bags, or $5 gift certificates to places like Walmart, Dillon's, McDonald's, um, something like that. So if anybody feels led to do that, I think we're going to pack bags next week, right? During service, we're going to get together and do it as a community and pass bags out to you guys so that you guys can have an opportunity to get out of your car and tell somebody that Jesus loves them. So uh, thank you guys (laughs) for listening to me.
0: Yeah. That's exciting. I think that's really cool. It's going to be. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Do you want to do? (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, what he said, I'll interpret. (laughs) We're going to do it next door. Uh, We're going to do it just like we did the Operation Christmas Child uh, boxes. We'll put it, we'll have it kind of set up on tables. You'll run through, do it, like do a bag, put it all together, and then we'll package them up. We're going to do that right at the beginning of service, right at five. So, we'll start that right at five, and then when it's done, it's done. We're going to try to do at least like 50 bags. I think it's our goal to try to do that. And See where that leads us. Um, along with that, next week, so following that, we're going to do like a worship night. Because that's uh, the Saturday night before Easter. So instead of doing a traditional, like, like an Easter service, we're going to do a worship night. Um, are we gonna, probably about an hour of worship or so, just however long. Um, and then when we're done, the next morning, The reason we're doing that is because the next morning we're going to do, we're going to be a part of the community uh, sunrise service. That's up at the First Southern Baptist up on 14th Street up north. So we are, I think it's in the lot next to it, right? Yeah, it's in the lot next to that church. And we're going to do, so it's an outdoor service. And we're all invited. I think Will Rhodes will be there, obviously, First Southern Baptist, First Assembly of God, and First Christian, Sweet. So 7.15 is that time. That's on Sunday morning next week, not tomorrow. If it's raining, we'll be right there. Yeah, and if it is raining, we can go right inside next door at the First Southern Baptist Church. So let's hope it's raining because <laughs> it's going to be cold otherwise. But so that's exciting. We're excited to do that and be a part of that. Um, and also following that for our gathering community. I want, I want us all to get together and come down to Redbeard. Whoever wants to come down for just, like, maybe a couple hours, we'll follow that right after the service. And we're just going to do basic black coffee, but um, we just want to fellowship together, love on one another. If you go to another church for, for Easter, like, that's totally fine. Like, go to that. Um, but even if there's enough time between there and, like, the service you go, come down for whatever, you know, even if it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever. Um, we 'll all be down there just kind of hanging out and oh, well, the sunrise service is only about thirty minutes, so it 'll be done by seven forty five eight o'clock so maybe from eight to ten or something we'll like I say we 'll have coffee and we 'll just fellowship together and it'll be great. then you all can go to your next service so or go home, whatever you want to do. no pressure, okay no one 's saying you have to go anywhere else, just kidding <laughs> um. <laughs> That went off my list. I was I was here, and we jumped here, and I got a okay right here. Um, <laughs> uh, March 26th, that is Monday, right? That's Monday, March 26th, right? Yeah, March 26th. Why at the YMCA? There's a room there. There there's a group getting together to pray at four o'clock. I saw Martian here. Is that right? Four o'clock, Monday, four o'clock at the YMCA, we're going to do, it's going to be very, very specific and focused about praying for our community, praying for all the pastors and churches, unity in Dodge City, praying over um, what God wants to do and move in our city, and praying against anything that would keep us from having that, you know, from him doing the work that he wants to do, okay, so it's going to be very specific, but we want anyone and everyone that has an opportunity to go at four o'clock to meet there, do you know how long it is, how long is it, just however long it is? Oh, okay. Okay, could be like half an hour. It could be, hey, you know, if the Spirit is there, it could be four hours. I don't know, okay? Laying on our faces, it would be great. So, yeah, if you're interested in that and praying for our city and seeing God grow his people together, the body come together, that would be great. Um, as always, we did just put out a volunteer outreach uh, schedule for the next month. If you still want to get on that, contact me uh, or Josh and Amy or uh, Chip. Yeah, one of us will get you on the schedule for next month, right? Because you do you have one month out? Okay, yeah. So if you want to do that, let one of us know. We always need help. Or if you have furniture or know somebody that has furniture and they want to bring it, Wednesday night, six thirty to eight. Cool. Yeah. Chip will literally come tackle you. Not tackle you. He'll come give you get your information if you want, right now, if you raise your hand. Oh, there he is, right there. Two. All right. Oh, three. Wait, whoa. Hey, the hand now. Hey, hey, back, cut it up in the hand hey, hey. Okay. How oh, that got intense. I like it. Like Indians. Or Boy Scouts. Okay. We are totally, okay, Friday, next Friday night, guys night, right, that's Friday night, 630, if you need more information about that, talk to Hoser, I'm showing up, that's Jose, sorry, Jose, my bad, just so you know him, but I don't even know what we're doing, but it's going to be awesome, yes, oh man, could get crazy. Maybe not too crazy. What? Six thirty, right? Let's just here at six thirty. If you have any other questions, you know, Jose will give you a bunch of random information. It may be true. It may not. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. That's how we're gonna play it. <laughs> we're shoot from the hip. Boom, boom. <laughs> we're winging it. Winging it. It's Holy Spirit led. Oh man, this could be fun. This could be really fun. All right, I think that's, that was a lot of announcements, but there's a lot going on in our community, right? We're going into summer, and we're building, like, life together. Who is loving their small group? Of course, everybody should raise their hand because it's awesome, all right? Fantastic, great. All right, we, I feel like that is, that is part of how we're connecting together now. It's a new way to spend more time with one another just, other than just Saturday nights. Um, I think that's super important, it's super important, and we're glad that we've been able to do those. Those are fun. Stay in 135. I kind of always want to, like, throw that out there because it's really easy to, like, you know, go, oh, we must be over that. Whew, man, they're not going to yell at me for not reading my Bible. <laughs> we're not going to ever yell at you. We just desire more of what God is always speaking and doing. And so it's written down in a nice book, all put into one place. It's fantastic, right? So stay in 135. Stay encouraged in it. Like, keep hashtagging it, text Josh or I or Amy, whoever, text somebody, like, stay accountable with it, like, be interactive in it, that's the best way to do it, like, when I see his posts about it, or he tells me what he's been reading, like, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, and I, I'll, you know, it spurs me back into to staying in, in the word, and it's really, really good for us, I feel like I was a lot of talking. <laughs> You're true, it's true. I talk a lot. Um, I don't know, I, I've I've been getting hit for the last few hours with uh, this word. I don't know if it's for somebody in here, but the word is trust, which we can all trust in many, many ways. Like, you know, whether it's we need to trust a specific person, trust a season, trust God in our financials, trust him in the plan that he's like, guiding and directing us on, whatever that looks like. Or sometimes it's maybe just like trusting ourselves. Trusting ourselves to be, to, that we're doing things right. You know, give ourselves a little more credit. Give yourself a little more credit. Sometimes it's really easy to beat ourselves up. You know, nobody sees our frailties more than we do, right? It's really easy to pick out our own frailties. But are you trusting that you're a child of the king? That you're now a saint and not a sinner? That you are called to the right hand? Are you trusting God in that? Trusting that he's faithful when he speaks those things over your life? Can you trust him with all your financials? Can you trust him in your tithes and like the people that he's placed in authority to use those tithes? Can you trust him in... You know, things are really tough at work or at home. Can you trust him to, like, stay faithful in bringing about the, the prayers that we pray late at night, just on our knees, like, we're tired of carrying burden. We finally gave up and we're talking to him and we just, like, laid it all out for him. Can we trust him to be faithful and coming through in those? I don't know if that's the trust I'm hearing, but I feel like it's a good one. <laughs> I feel like we can, always, we can always relate to that because we can always pick up as much of our junk and try to carry it along with us or try to head forward in the plans that we think we say God, God put a plan. It's easy for me at the shop to, like, you know, worry about financials or how we're doing this or how we're not doing that and, we're, and pick up more of that stuff because I'm saying, oh, I'm a steward. I'm stewarding what God gave me. But really all I'm doing is carrying around a bunch of crap. I'm not trusting him to bring it to fruition. I'm not trusting him to make sure that the finances are going to line up because I got awesome people coming into the door that need, need Jesus' love. Because I, and, I, and I missed them because I'm too busy carrying around a bunch of junk, right? I don't want to miss out on what God has because I'm thinking I'm I'm carrying, I'm carrying around a bunch of junk. I'm not trusting him with it, you know? Anyway. So trust, trust is released over every person in this room in Jesus' name, whether it's trust in your financials, whether it's trust in, in relationship or in relationship with him. I release trust over every person here in an exponential degree that God wants to bring through on his plans, and it's going to be awesome in Jesus' name. Let's do some testimonies. Can it, does anyone want to testify as of this week? Oh, wait. Yeah, now we're talking. Woo! She's like waving her hand. I like it. Holly! How are you? You are.
2: How are you? I'm blessed. Yes, some awesome things have happened for me this week. um, I've told some of you, since my husband passed away, I had a tendency to recluse. God's been bringing me out of that, like little by little by little. This week, <laughs> I've been absolutely overwhelmed, and he has absolutely made me come out of it completely to a point I've been like, God, I'm tired, I'm done, and he says, not yet, I brought someone else, <laughs> so all week long, it's just been like one thing after another after another, it's just really pumped me up, because I've known I've heard God's voice in weird ways, things have happened, and and have allowed me to reach out to some people I've had in my life off and on, and some are absolute atheists and didn't want nothing to do with God, but I just live in front of them and share God's love regardless, and, and I, I'm never one to shove anything, and they know that, and I never have been, so. Um, one example, <laughs> I have, my kids are grown to a point, we don't need baby stuff, and we don't have grandbabies coming, or no reason for baby stuff, really, so, but I had on my heart, I seen this thing on buy, sell, and trade, a bumbo seat, some of you know what that is, and I think they're really cool, and. I seen this one, and I just marked it sold, and I thought, what am I doing? I have no reason to buy this thing, nothing. It's kind of funny. And um, so even argued with myself all the way to go pick this thing up. Like, I I have no reason for this. I don't know what I'm doing, but okay. So I bought this, and two hours later, a girlfriend of mine that I've known since she was a little kid, she's been through a lot, and um, for those reasons, she doesn't want to believe in God. Um, puts online that uh, she really wishes she had a bumbo seat for a baby. She has several little kids and, you know, uh, how they're always wild and she has no place to sit them down and they broke the swing and she just has this little thing on here. And So I private message her. I'm like, hey, I have one. It's yours. She says, have one wet. You know, so I tell her, she's like, why do you have a bumbo seat for her? I said, well, because this weird voice in me just, you know, I mean, I tried not to put it out. There. God told me that, you know. I said this voice in me just kept telling me i was supposed to get this bumbo seed, so i just went through it and i didn't really know why but now i do within two hours it's yours you know so i take it out there and we visit for a while and you know i hold the baby and got a chance to visit with her and everything and she tells me some things and i got to talk to her a little bit about god and things god's doing in, in my church in buckland and she's like i've heard about that church and i've heard about the gathering and kind of picked her curiosity i thought god every time she goes to sit that baby down and she's feeling frustrated now, she's going to stop for a minute and think about God told Holly to get that seat for me, you know, so I just love it, I was like ooh, pumped, you know, oh, go God, you know, so I thought, okay, well, that's just one instance, you know, whatever, and I have a friend that's been friends since the third grade, Tanya and I have grown up around her, and um, she is pagan, you know, and We have our differences in belief, and we've always chose to um, disagree agreeably and love each other no matter what, you know. And it's something we don't argue about, something we don't discuss unless she has a question she'll ask me. And if I've had a question, I've asked her, you know. But we don't get into the whole religion of that. She's just kind of watched my life, and I've watched hers and whatever. I've been there for in different ways at different times whenever I can, and that's good enough. Well... The blessing bag thing come up. I call it blessing bags. It's funny that she brought that up. And she wants to do this. She said there's a need of 50 of them a week down here at the fellowship feast. And it's like crackers and proteins and stuff. And I said, oh, I'll come over and help you put those together, you know. So we went over, helped her put those together, and uh, was just kind of talking, and she was telling me the need for that. And uh, I told her, I said, I'll be interested in meeting with you to do this. And she wants donations of food, crackers, proteins, Little Peanut Butter Cups Dollar Tree is where you can get them. I'll be happy to get them to her if you guys want to get involved in that. And that way, too, that's great. But um, she doesn't, she's not doing it because she believes in God. She's doing it because she wants a good cause to help people, you know? And But she said, <clears throat> it's funny because she said, I talked to this Nazarene pastor and she said, he told me that they're doing the same thing and I was going to line up with him. She says, but I looked at him and I told him, you know I'm pagan, right? And she said, he just looked at me and said, well, I'm supposed to love you no matter what you are, so it doesn't really matter. And she said, I was kind of like, you know, and I thought, you go, God, because all these years I prayed for her, you know. But God is putting different people into alignment, and it's not me, you know. But she, she's like, that was kind of weird. He just didn't react to me in any kind of weird way or anything. It was just like, we're going to align together, and we're going to do this. And she says, that's really cool. So I'm like, well, and she and she was talking. She's like, "My." My grandbaby's, like, all over you, and she doesn't really like people that much. She's really not like that. I don't know what it is. And I thought, yeah, you do. You know, <laughs> yeah, you do. She's, like, she's like climbing all over you. She just loves you. So that's really cool. And her daughter, too, has had a lot of issues with, like, self-harming and different stuff like that. And it was something they noticed together, you know. And we got a chance to kind of share a little bit, bits and pieces of, you know, our heart with God and then align with her for that. And then just different things happened. I had a funeral I went to this week with a lot of people I knew from before. And I've just been, like, overwhelmed with people (laughs) to a point where I'm like, God, I'm not feeling very people anymore. (laughs) But I just keep getting put in these positions. It's really cool because it's people that have been throughout my life. I've been here for a long time that have come through. And I get a pass through and be in contact with their life and different stuff and put a little bit of Jesus there where normally they wouldn't be able to be touched. I got called for a real quick babysitting thing. She says, I need you within 20 minutes. You've told me if you if I need anybody, you'd be there, and and I need you. I need you now. I don't care if you come naked. She said, just come. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there, and give me a minute. So we went and babysat. Um, David, I've been helping out, out a little bit, and uh, we went and babysat because he helped me. I thought, I can't handle. She has two sets of twins, and they're really close in age. <laughs> and uh, again, another thing where we've always just agreed to not really do the religious talking thing, because she just will tell me, I don't believe in God, I don't believe in that, I'm like, okay, you know, I'll just love you regardless, it's all right, so God has given me so many chances this week, just really pumps me up that he's given me those many chances to just kind of reach out and touch here, here, and here, and and making me pull my head out of the sand <laughs> a little bit, so um, it's just been a real amazing time for me this week, and God, and this morning, I got some prayer time, and got wrecked
0: by myself. So it was awesome. That's so good. <laughs> so good. Wow. That's awesome. It's awesome. Got another one? Oh, got one back here. Oh, we got two back here. Wow.
1: Oh,
0: <gasps> I love it. Good.
1: Yeah, um, Back in 87, I drowned in a swimming pool, uh, spent 75 days in children's hospital in Oklahoma City, where I was pronounced dead six times from Lee to Elk City, and, and I'm not supposed to be here. I had a one in 10 chances of su- surviving, and one in 10 chance of walking and talking again, and here I am today, thanks to the grace of God.
0: Good. Thank you, Jesus. It's good to be alive, right?
3: (laughs) Middle of next month, I'll celebrate my 56th birth of being on this planet. But here's why I'm happy. Forty years ago, when I was 16, I accepted Jesus. Forty years ago, I finally re my mom, a single mom, brought my brother and me up by herself. I was always raised to do things right. I knew I was a good person. But suddenly, just out of the blue, God spoke to me and said, Good people don't get to heaven. So it was through the ministry of, of, all things, the 700 Club. But this was when they were a preaching organization. Now they're more into politics and stuff. I prayed the sinner's prayer. And it's been 40 years. Life's been ups and downs, but when my time comes, I know where I'm going. I like I'll make you laugh with this. I like to say, Lord, I'm ready to go. But I don't want to go right this minute. Thank you.
0: Man, 40 years. That's been longer than I've been alive. Yeah, we got we time. What's your name, bro? Evan.
4: Evan? I believe we met. Yeah, uh, upstairs. I haven't seen this till now. I like it, by the way. My name's Evan McClure. I'm from Garden City, Kansas. Thank, thanks to Hoser back there, uh, I've came to the gathering about two more, two other times than this when they were upstairs. I yeah, cool. um, I I've, I've built my relationship with Jesus Christ and God when, within a prison cell. Uh, I had to do nineteen months. I'm twenty three years old, by the way. I did nineteen months for a gun and some drugs, and I was living pretty wild, and. I had a lot of time to myself to think about myself and think of my past and my future and my present, definitely. You know, when I can touch both walls in my room, it was a humbling experience. And that's where I found God. I had nothing but time to spend with him. And all I did was read my Bible in and out day, every single day, every single day. But I actually started to feel his presence because growing up as a child, I've, I've been going to church all my life. And I'm, I hear people say, I have a relationship with God. What does that mean, you know, like a relationship with God? Yeah, I know he exists. He doesn't talk to me. What do you mean he talks to you, you know? I never understood that. But it's because I was I chose to ignore it. I chose to ignore it. I was naive to his signs and every chance and opportunity he had given me to show him love and the faith and compassion he deserves so um, I still struggle every now and then you know but I always pick myself back up and I have to give all praise and glory to God for keeping me alive and God, I, the list goes on I wish I had more time
0: that's awesome that's so good Um, does he have a financial testimony? Financial test? You got a financial test? Let me let me do a financial testimony. You 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 got one? All right, here we go.
5: I know there's a lot of them. How many financial testimonies are you gonna let him do? We should do them all. Uh, in the Old Testament, um, God asked for first fruits of crops and for for livestock. And when you would give him your first fruits, he would bless the rest of the herd or he would bless the rest of your crop. Um, One of the last things that I wanted to give God was um, my finances. And over the last, I don't know, probably four, three, four months, he's really been working on me because I never really fully trusted him. I would trust him for a while and then I'd walk away from it because I would get worried that if I gave him the 10 percent that I might run out at the end of the month and I wouldn't have enough of the 10 percent. I would need that for me To provide for my family Um, and it's been really cool over the last few months man I've been getting wrecked and given to him and how much money has came to us and we're not giving to get we're giving because he changed our hearts and he wants us to trust him Uh, so I've been giving 10% on a lot of stuff and I think my wife's pretty convinced that I'm crazy whenever we sell sell something I want to give the proceeds 10% of that to God Uh, I went on a trip with this guy last week, and uh, I took uh, all the money that I had. And when you travel with him, like, we eat steak, filet, like, every single night. Like, we ate like kings. I've never had a belly before. Do you guys see this? This is good. (laughs) This is love right here. So on the way home, we stopped by McDonald's in Colby, and I've got $2 left, and I've got an ashtray in my truck, which is a drawer. It's like a junk drawer full of change. And I walk into McDonald's, to go, I wanted fries, I wanted a large Coke. So I've got two ones left, and I've got some change. And I put it down on the, on the counter, and he looks at me, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's all the money I have left. I just, I want to get a Coke, and I want to get some French fries, and I need to get home, and I need to get to work, because when I'm gone, I don't make any money. Um, I have a ministry or a job where I can make a good amount of money in a very short time. So he's like, I'll buy your fries, and I'll buy your Coke. I was like, but I've got the money for it. By giving God 10%, he blessed the entire portion of the rest of my money. So the $2 and all the change that I had left were blessed. When we got south of Oakley, I got a phone call, and it's a bond, and I drove over to Dodge City that night. So I get home from vacation. I go come to Dodge City that night to do a bond. I made a very large amount of money, and he refilled everything. And, you know, he made sure that my barns and my vats were full. He blessed the rest of what I had, and I had to trust them all the way down to two dollars and some change in an ashtray. So,
6: dude,
0: that's 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 so good. That's hard. That's hard. It's so good though. so good though. We got time for one more. Or we, what time is it? One more. One more. You want to go? Last one
7: Woo Team Jesus <laughs> All day. <laughs> okay, so um, when Josh got up here a couple weeks ago, he asked for financial um, testimony, and sometimes I could just kind of wait for people to volunteer. you know how it is, um, but I felt super convicted to come up here and testify about it. Um, I come from a Christian home Um, my grandma and grandpa were all about jesus and they loved jesus and represented jesus in my life they were always tithers and my grandpa was one of his gifts were giving and um so i grew up watching them my grandpa passed away about eight years ago and um they tithed and my grandpa gave way more than my grandma ever wanted him to um but my grandma right now is set like she's been set ever since my grandpa went with jesus Um, she's taken care of by her kids, she's taking, she has a, she's still in her house, her house is well kept, she buys groceries, her house payment is paid by my grandpa's, Um, I'm kind of nervous, can you hear my voice? (laughs) Uh, Anyways, um, so when I came back to the Lord, um, tithing was just kind of automatic for me, and um, so I started doing that, and I kind of got away from it, and I felt it, so I had to get right back to it, and I have been tithing since then, not on my gross, but what's it called when you're not tithing on your gross, but yeah, your net, and I have been blessed, like God keeps me, And um, but like since I'm with Jeremy now, and we're going to get married, and he pays tithes on his gross. And so we came into agreement that we were going to pay it on our gross. And since we came into agreement about that, and I started doing that, my paychecks have been climbing. Ever since I, I started that, um, and I know because I've seen what tithing can do. And people don't like you to he- people don't like to hear about tithing, like when you're not in the right setting. I guess I don't know, but. Tithe, guys, I know it's hard in the beginning, it can be hard, but it's really not. Like God's gonna make it easy on you. When you when you do trust him with your money and you trust him with everything, he's gonna make it easy on you. Jesus's yoke is light. It's easy. It's I mean, he's there's it's still there, but it's light. And so I just want to encourage you, just pay your tithes because God's gonna bless you abundantly, always for it.
0: That's good. That's awesome. All right, everybody stand up. All right. I want everybody to put their arms out like you're going to receive something, okay? This is serious. I don't know why when I say something that's going to be serious, I, it makes me laugh. Sorry, I'm done. Um, yeah, this is serious. Because we're going to seriously receive something awesome from Jesus. We're going to release. I want to release a spirit of tithing amongst his people. Like a giving heart, Jesus. We just release giving to every person in this room. That they you would just compel them. Ha, just implant the thoughts of giving in their minds, God, make it make their minds look like yours, make our minds look like yours. Jesus, we're giving is is a natural thing that it is it is not what we have to do or even what we get to do. It's just what we do. It's just who we are. It's part of who we are from the greatest giver who has all the resources of heaven. More than every earth, that would, every all existence is is from you. You have all the resources, an infinite amount, Jesus. And we just we just we just pray that a giving heart like yours would would just completely cover every person in this place, and then through that, God, that you would do what only you do, that you would multiply it, that you would give more. God, I pray. I just release this. Just provision over every person. God, a spirit of provision. Just just fill up their, their, their coffers. Fill up their hearts with blessing. God, fill them with trust and a, and, and a knowing of who you are and how you love and what you want to do. We just open these testimonies. God, do it again and again and again and again and again and again. And again. We praise you, God. Say, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you Jesus. thank you, Jesus. We love you, God. In Jesus' name. Okay, now sit down. Amen. Stand up. Sit down. Stand up. Just kidding. <laughs> you, want, you want this?
8: We're really thirsty.
0: We're really thirsty.
6: Mitchell!
8: Mitchell! Mitchell!
9: Keep your finger on the dial, kid. You got it? Hello?
4: Hello? It's
9: really loud. Here. You got it? Can you hear me okay? Back here, Ryan. Salinas. Can you hear me? Amy, say something.
10: Hey, everybody. Hey. (laughs) Hey.
9: Hey. Hey. Birthday girl. Birthday girl, can you hear me back there? (laughs) Hey, everybody. It's Shelby's birthday today, right? Today? Is it today? She's 27, finally. So we're going to get a break in her insurance premiums. Hey, happy birthday. Make sure you're going to be here for the whole service. Okay. You look like you're, like, intently taking notes. Did I, like, put you on the spot? (laughs) You don't have to take notes about this part. It's your birthday. Make sure during ministry time or at some point tonight, go over and wish her happy birthday. Share a word with her. Let her know how much she's loved, okay? Can you guys do that? Okay. Three of you can do that. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Man, I want to pray real quick. Um, My name is Josh. Who are you? Just kidding. And this is my wife, Amy. Look, see? Hello. See right there? Look at that. He must have tied earlier. He's getting a phone call from the jail. <laughs> I'm going to pray. Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you. Um, we thank you that you're in charge. And so we just want to, uh, Holy Spirit, would you just have your way in this place? We just pray right now that nothing would manifest Anything that, anything that might be called into question, that it would not manifest in Jesus' name, that Holy Spirit is in control of this room, that nothing other than that which comes from heaven will have its way in this room. So we silence all the lies, we silence all the uh, anything that would try to distract our hearts and our minds from what Jesus has for us, in Jesus' name, amen. You want to start?
10: Sure. We didn't really practice this. so Yeah.
9: We don't know what we're doing.
10: Yeah. He let me up here with him. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> this is like a first for us. So
9: I feel like it's a Vegas show. If it's <laughs> sort of like. We're going to talk about demons. Yeah. So,
10: Touchy subject. And I know there are a lot of new people here. And so first of all, um, if you have any questions afterwards, please come see us. If, um, if you don't agree with some of what we're saying, um, don't dwell on that. Take what God has for you tonight. Um, it might just be a piece of this or that. It might be the whole thing, but um, find the value in what he has for you tonight rather than trying to find what's wrong with what we're saying, because it's a lot of heavy information, okay? Thanks. Um, so, I don't know where to, do you want to start there? Go ahead.
9: Okay. <laughs> So we, uh, me and Amy and I are, we, we've started doing what we're calling freedom sessions. So these are, um, we're going to kind of go through here in a little bit what a freedom session actually is. It's basically, a um, a time of prayer. It's a Holy Spirit sort of driven activity where we get with somebody that feels like they need some freedom from one thing or another. Um, whether it be, um. A traumatic event, something that happened in their lives. They keep struggling with like OCD or anxiety or fear or they see things. We've talked about a lot of that stuff here. We've shared stories. Um, I guess the first part like for me is, and I don't know where everybody's at, but you have, to, you have to come to a point in your life with Christianity. Normal Christianity looks like what we read in the Bible. Okay? So at some point in your life, at some point in your Christianity, your walk, if we're walking out what Jesus walked out, right, Is that, that's the guy we're following, correct? Mm-hmm. If we're walking out the walk that he walked out, at some point we're going to be confronted with something that's not from heaven, that's from a spiritual place. Okay? Okay? Now, for some people, like me three years ago, I'd be like, whatever, bro. I've already checked out because I've never seen it. I don't believe it. But the truth is there's a whole spiritual world that's around us, okay? And at some point when you're reading through the Scripture, you have to start to believe the things that we're reading. And so what we're finding is it's very much hell is in business to take out God's kids, and it's business is booming. There's a lot of Christians that are subject to a lot of torment and stress and anxiety. Amen? Does anybody see that? There's a lot of saved people in this room. Okay, now think about yourself. Are you saved? We just heard a story about a guy that gave his life to Jesus 40 years ago. Is there any point in his life that he felt like, Maybe he was under some sort of torment or stress or anxiety or something that was whispering in his ear, helping him, coaxing him to make bad decisions. You see what I'm saying? This room is full of people that are struggling with stuff continually, but they, they have Jesus in their life, right? They're filled with the Holy Spirit, and we continue to see that. And so... We feel like God has brought us to a point um, through our own experiences that to to help people deal with some of that stuff in, like, an actual tangible way. Okay? So that's what we're going to kind of outline tonight. I don't Did I just, like, blow up your outline? No. So why don't we <laughs> – no, yeah, oh. you did. So why don't you start with – who the freedom, who this is for, okay? You want to go there?
10: Sure. Um, so freedom's for everybody, right? And where do we find freedom? We find, we find freedom in Jesus. Um, it's, yeah, Galatians 5.1, men's encounter verse. If you've been, you all know it. Um, and women's encounter too. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Um, So in our experience and what we've seen is there are times, like he's saying, that we are burdened again by that yoke of slavery even though we are saved Christians. And uh, salvation is absolutely the first step, right? Jesus is the answer to our freedom. That's the open door. But built upon that step is a second step of healing. And so that's what we're chasing after for ourselves and for others. Um, In... I'm going to pull up scripture here real quick. In Luke 4, um, this is right after Jesus had been baptized and he immediately goes out into the desert and he's um, tempted by the devil. And right after that, he comes back into the city and this is what Jesus says to the people there in Luke 4:18 through 19. He opens up the scrolls of Isaiah the prophet and he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Do you know who he was talking to at this point? These were Jewish believers that he was talking to. So he's telling them that there is, there's more freedom for them than what they already have. Um. Yeah, and so I'm going to let you go into last week and what you talked about.
9: Well, if you are here last week, who was here last week? Remember we had a little children's service? Was there, that was it? Were all you people not here? <laughs> wow, cool. Welcome back. <laughs> How about over here? Anybody here last week? Yeah, we did some children's stuff. And we're so, oh my gosh. Steve, what's up, bro? Steve. Look at this guy. <laughs> Oh my, yeah, she's like celebrity status. Where has he been? Um, yeah, we talked about, we kind of did, we did a little, um, a little skit of how hell became hell. And so Lucifer, he was the prettiest angel. He didn't like the fact that God was getting all the worship. So he like brought a third of the angels and we're going to go against God. Anyways, cast to the earth. All these angels are cast to the earth which are now become demons, and then God sticks Lucifer in hell. And so we see, we see the story of that taking place, and there's so many scriptures that will uh, confirm the fact that Satan is in charge of the earth, okay? Like in Matthew, when Jesus is tempted, um, Satan takes Jesus to the highest mountaintop and says, look, all these kingdoms... I will give you all of these kingdoms if you just bow down to me. Well, was, it, was he able to give away all those kingdoms unless that he was in charge of them? Hello? No. no. So we see, we see time and time again where he has rain on the earth to do these things. And so that's part of what I'm talking about as far as like demons being on the, on the earth, tormenting us, right? Do you want to go into uh, that part right there? The spiritual realm? Yeah, so
10: the spiritual realm is real, and there are some people that actually see the spiritual realm. Um, You probably don't understand it, uh, but there's people that see the light, they see the dark, they see the demons, they see the angels. It's a very real thing. Um, In 2 Kings, we actually, there's a passage about Elisha, and... Um, him and his servant woke up one morning, they're surrounded by an army of horses and chariots, and the servant starts to freak out. He's like, what are we going to do? And Elisha prays for him to be able to see, um, because Elisha already saw, but Elisha said, don't be afraid, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And when he prayed for the Lord to open his eyes, he saw the spiritual horses and chariots that were surrounding them that were greater than um, the number of the physical that that were surrounding them. So we know that there's a real spiritual battle constantly taking place until the end, when we know that Jesus wins. In the end, Jesus wins. And there's another scripture, Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. It's real easy sometimes to think that our enemy is our boss or our dad or our mom or whoever's afflicting you at the time. But here it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So yes, there's a battle, but God's given us tools and equipping us to fight that, and that's with his truth.
9: So I think with that, one thing that I, I've, I guess God has really showed me a lot here in the last six months is, um, you know, does, are there any, like, Dan Moeller fans in here? Do we have any Dan Moeller fans? Okay. Or Todd White?
6: Yeah. Okay.
9: <laughs> awesome guys. Great message. There's, there's a stem that comes out of that. One of the things that they preach on heavily is there's no offense in the kingdom. And so what what I'm finding in the last 6 months year I'm, forever it's just I feel like God is highlighting that to me is yes there's no offense in the kingdom but the problem is we're still humans with human nature and we get offended okay so to say well there's no offense in the kingdom you just need to you just need to not be offended and you'll be good would be like Really bad advice, as far as I'm concerned. And I've given that advice a lot. Because the reality of it is everybody in this room, with the exception of maybe one or two people, just like Dan Moeller and Todd White, get offended. We get offended because we don't fully understand that last scripture. We don't fully understand that it's not the guy that's standing in front of me, it's the thing that's that he's buying into and causing him not to love me and so I do get offended and when we start to believe that theology like oh there's no there's no offense in the kingdom and I'm I love Jesus and I want to be just like Jesus what do I do I hide the offense the people that say there's no offense in the kingdom are the people that get offended the most because they hide the offense because as soon as, you, as soon as you get offended, man, you don't want to be a heretic and say, well, gee whiz, I'm a little upset by what you just said to me. When I'm supposed to not be offended. That's kind of a tough word. But that's, that's, the, that's the revelation I got. I need to stop hiding the fact that I'm offended at people and put on the full armor of God. What is there an armor for? What the heck is the what's the armor for if I'm just walking around like bulletproof, 10 feet tall? That's what they call like youth group kids, right? Well, I'm bulletproof and ten feet tall. What do I need the armor of God for? That's what it's for. You know? So let's, we talked, did I talk last week about real people, real love, real God? Real people, man. If you get offended, let's deal with the offense. Let's not just say, well, there's no offense in the kingdom. Because it's not real. For most people, is what I'm saying. I aspire to be like Dan Moeller. Dan moeller has been in my kitchen. I've met the guy. I've had conversation with him. He's living it out, folks. He is living it out. Hey man, how are you? That shirt sucks. I know, right? Kill. Cool. Come here, let me pray for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real deal. He's the real deal and I want to get there, but the truth is I'm not there. And so I have to be real, otherwise I just bury it, I hide it, and then I just it it like compounds and then we open the door for all this stuff that we're getting ready to talk about to just come in and we're going to start partnering with it. Mm-hmm. You know?
10: I want to add to that real quick. Um, so not just offense, but hurt. We can get hurt really easily by other people, right? Um, but there's times that we can feel hurt by God, too. And it's okay to feel hurt or to feel, or to feel angry with God. And just like Josh was saying, is like dealing with that and Forgiving God for um, maybe however something turned out in your family. Forgiving God that your dad left and, and that God didn't stop him. You know what I mean? There's, there's things that we have associated with God either consciously or subconsciously that we need to deal with so that we can have that real relationship with him too. So what is the mission of Satan and demons on the earth? So Satan is not for us. He is very much against us, right? Um, I've heard the lie that, you know, hes he, I don't think he's really that bad. I think he's made out worse than you really think. No, that's a lie. Satan and his demons are here to steal, kill, and destroy. That verse is in the Bible. It is truth. They are here to wage war against the believers. They are here to murder And to lie, it is my opinion, strictly my opinion, but it is my opinion that people don't take their own lives that demons do. They also deceive and distort the truth. They're very twisting. Um, Even in when Jesus was being tempted, like Josh was talking about last week, Satan was using scriptures against Jesus to try and and twist what he was saying, right? Um, They can influence the way people behave. They will tempt and seduce people into sin. They accuse God's children. Um, Satan is the father of accusation, father of lies. And also discourage and keep people from being effective and productive for God. But Jesus Christ has authority, ultimate authority over demons and gave the same authority to his followers. So the last thing we want you guys to do tonight is walk out of here looking for a demon around every corner because that's not what this is about either. Or looking for demons in other people. It's totally not what this is. And when you can get going into this, that, that can be easily where your mind goes. No, um, we are here to find Jesus in people and find the golden people and get rid of everything else and stop giving them the attention Uh, We don't want to give Satan the attention or even the credit for someone's sin or or how they are. So Um, for the authority, oh, did you pull it up? Thanks. In Luke 9, 1 through 2, it says, When Jesus had called the 12 together, which he's talking about the disciples there, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So he has authority. God has ultimate authority. God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. We come underneath that authority, and he's giving that to us as his followers as well. Um, Furthermore, when we talk about authority, we can choose which authority we're going to be under. So you're either under God's authority, or if you're not following that, guess whose authority you're under? Or what you're partnering with is the enemy, right? Um, God places people in authority. So in America, we're under Trump's authority. Whether we like it or not, God has placed him there, and we're under that authority. Same thing in our, in our churches, in our homes. Um, I am under my husband's authority, and there's a lot of people that would argue that or don't want to be in that place, but spiritually, I'm under his authority. I'm under the authority that God has placed over me. So that doesn't mean that I can't preach in a church because I'm doing it right now. But, um, but I'm coming underneath the authority of what my church says that I can do because I am, I am part of that and coming underneath that. So to come outside of that authority and doing our own thing can be dangerous when you're not under the authority or under God's will of where he wants you to be.
9: Yeah, and it's, guys, she's not my dog either. Ladies, she's not my dog either. So I don't snap my fingers and say, hey, come here, let's go. Or, hey, go and do this. That's So when we start talking about men and women and authority and wives and husbands, everybody goes to the extreme end of the spectrum. It's a Facebook battle every time. And I don't know how many times I have to say it. Get off of Facebook with the arguing and the pushing your point. Take your phone, go to the phone part and actually have a conversation with somebody. Do you know how many you know how many relationships are destroyed because of Facebook and women and men in authority? It's unbelievable. Every week I, I went from 800 Facebook users when we went to Colorado to 43. I got tired of looking at everybody's highlight reel and what they think about our politics. I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is, but we're friends, and he said, happy birthday. Great. Who are you? (laughs) And then he posts something, and I can feel this thing rise up in me, because I don't agree with it. Like, get off Facebook, okay? I'm sorry, but it's like, it's like this authority stuff with the men and the women. It's like the, we just go to the extreme and, it, well, yeah, he's got her in the basement, chained to the wall. I just know it because she's supposed to be following. No, it's not like that. I very much, I respect and I listen to her. She has great ideas. And she's a leader in my house. She's a gift from God. I've done some pretty crappy stuff, but I love her more than anything. So you know what I'm saying? Just get off of Facebook, for the love of Pete, man. This is a side rant. Does anybody agree with me? Thank you. It's in the it's in the book. It's what my <laughs> my criminology teacher. It's in the book, Josh. <laughs> Read the book, husbands. Right? Love your wife like Christ loved the church. Wives, submit to your husbands. It's in the book. Are we going to believe it? Okay, then stop arguing about it on Facebook. Get on Instagram. There's pictures of mountains and kittens pushing a ball across the floor and scripture verses. Okay. Thank you, Instagram. All right. What? Parakeets. Parakeets, yes. Yeah. Thank you for that, Denise. Oh, I'm Holy Spirit just took over Facebook right there. (laughs) Can Christians be demon-possessed? No. They can't be demonized, but they can be attacked. Okay? If you're full of Holy Spirit, there's no room for a demon to be living in you. Do you understand that? Taken over. Anybody seen The Exorcist? Okay? Just kidding. Bad joke. Sorry, guys. They can be manipulated and they can be tormented. What was the quote? Did you have something else on that? It was further down. Okay, great. What opens the doors to a demonic attack? The the number one thing that we've seen from our experience is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness, man. Jesus talks about it a lot. Willful sin. um, What is that?
10: Occult involvement. Why is it
9: spell like that?
10: That's how it's spelled.
9: I'm not a good reader. Occult. <laughs> Occult. <laughs> Occult. <laughs> false teaching and false religions, okay? None of that's happening right now, by the way, so just settle down. <laughs> Abuse, traumatic events, addictions, abandonment, rejection, and wounds from the past. So we want you to listen to this list, guys. These are common symptoms being attacked, right? So I want you to just listen to this. Does this apply to you? Do you want to read them? Sure. Go ahead.
10: Uncontrollable rage, sometimes over petty issues. Helplessness over things such as an emotion or a condition. Feeling like something came over you or a voice told me to. Past involvement in things such as witchcraft, Satanism, Eastern religions, New Age, the occult, and or cult groups. Um, Involvement with psychics, fortune tellers, tarot card readers, or spirit guides. Excessive negative talk, extreme fear or anxiety, including panic or anxiety attacks. Depression or a constant feeling of heaviness or gloom. Excessive thoughts of suicide, extreme self-hatred. Horrible nightmares or night terrors, headaches or dizziness when attempting to read the Bible or praying, obscene thoughts or blasphemous words that bombard your mind when you pray or worship. Urges to do painful things to one's body, such as cutting, etc. The excessive need to be in control of people and circumstances. Yeah, that's one that I, I used to have that one. Control freak? That's a thing <clears throat> that Jesus saved me from. Uh, Obsessive compulsive behaviors, jealousy, envy, bitterness, resentment and unforgiveness, severe feelings of abandonment or rejection, excessive feelings of guilt or shame, a continual sense of unworthiness like God can't love me, I'm too dirty, I'm too evil, a sense of hopelessness that things will never change. Overwhelmed with thoughts of being a failure and can't do anything right, and a lack of ability to concentrate or focus, especially when reading the Bible or praying.
9: So that's like you can, a lot of people that are saved can hear that and relate with that list, right? Probably. I, I've experienced a lot of that stuff in my past. Amy has experienced some of that, which she talked about. It's, it's real stuff. Like to say that some of that stuff doesn't happen in our lives because we're in relationship with Jesus is awesome. But for a lot of people, that wouldn't be the truth, right? And so our goal as real people is to really try to, to figure that out. How do, we, how do we get freedom from those things? And that's why we're here. That's why we're we're in the place that we're at. Mm-hmm. Sin versus demonic influence, man. We look at the garden, okay. So look at the garden with Adam and Eve. Were they demon possessed? No, no they were like in relationship with God. They were with Him. They knew Him personally. They walked in the coolness of the day. <laughs> I want to walk in the coolness of the day. When is that? Never. It's so windy here. It's like ridiculous. (laughs) What is that? Chaff? Is that what they call that? Chaff? Lord, get rid of this chaff. (laughs) Satan comes into the picture and he helps make a, a bad decision with manipulation, right? He's he's having a conversation. He's whispering in their ear like a snake. Probably not. He's probably like, yeah, hey, this is going to be awesome. And and they make a bad decision. They sin because ultimately they had a choice. But sometimes it's easier to make that choice when you have something telling you that you're doing the right thing or this could be a really great thing for you. See what I'm saying? But what we're not... What we're not recognizing, the devil made me do it, doesn't fly. Okay? There's a choice. There's a choice. At the end of the day, we have a choice to do and to act and to say the things that we act, do, and say. Okay? Mm -hmm. You can't disciple a demon, and you can't cast out the flesh. That's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, Michael Miller. He's really good. <laughs> you can't disciple a demon and you can't cast out the flesh. Okay? There you go. Yeah, so I can't cast out the human nature in you. Why did Jesus? Jesus is surrounded by uh, what are they called? What are they called? What? No, not disciples. The other guys that were taking him out all the time. Pharisees. Pharisees. Why did he not just cast the stupid out of them? <laughs> because it was a heart condition. It was a heart condition. Otherwise, he would have just casted it out, right? They had a, they had a choice.
10: It's a good word. I want to go back to the list because it got really heavy in here when we read that list. And like you said, we all can probably relate those things that you have felt or been living with forever and thought that it's something that you're always going to have, especially anxiety or fear or nightmares or any of those things, the cool part is Jesus has freedom for those things. You don't have to have it anymore. That's what we want to bring light to.
9: All right, let's rock it through this stuff. First of all, we are not telling anybody not to go to the doctor. Stop taking your meds. Don't go see a counselor. Get out of your small group. Don't confide in the people that you trust. We're not saying any of that. Did everybody get that? Guess what? Doctors are healers too. Jesus put the brain in their head to do the things that they do to bring healing to your body. We're not, don't pick up rattlesnakes and play with them and test God. Like, oh, it says right here in Matthew that if I get bit, I'm not going to die. You're probably going to die. Okay? (laughs) probably going to die, but in the moment that Jesus needs you to live through a shark attack or injecting poison like John who was marooned, right, they like, they fed him poison enough to kill an army, he survived it because Jesus needed him to live to go be alone and write revelation. He wasn't like, oh, well, he said we could do whatever we want, so I'm going to shoot myself in the head. Guess what? You're going to be dead, okay? Unless Jesus needs you to live through that. Okay? So, go see your doctors. We're not telling anybody not to do that. What is What does it look like? You guys are like, what are they talking about? This is what a freedom session looks like. Okay? There's myself and Amy. You'll show up here. We've been doing them here. And we block an hour and a half time for you to come and and partake in this. Generally speaking, we shoot for about an hour. It's all confidential. It's totally Spirit-led. We are basically tour guides. We're, we are discerning and listening to where Holy Spirit wants to take you to heal you of something. So what we do is we, we pray for Holy Spirit to take you to a wound in your life. And every single time he takes people somewhere. Amy went through a session. I went through a session. And we've done several sessions. And Jesus always takes people somewhere. This is the truth. And there's usually, there's one person, one of us will be actively helping you, directing like, where you, what do you see? What's going on? The other person is discerning and praying for what's happening. So sometimes we pass notes, hey, this is what I'm seeing, and we'll we'll try to dig into that or whatever. We'll try to help people walk into those areas. But for the most part, we're just letting Holy Spirit take you through a wound to find out where we need to, 100% of the time, there needs to be forgiveness. Right? Because that's one of the biggest things that happens. Do you want to? Do you, wanna, do you want to, Do what do you want to do? Do you want me to yeah, go
10: ahead.
9: talk about the discernment stuff? So, okay, so discerning, discerning spirits. From the time that I was just a little boy, I noticed people, I noticed stuff about people, and my dad is very much the same way. This is why he was such a good G-man, okay? <laughs> the young people are like, G-man? Okay, government worker? I don't know if I'm supposed to tell anybody, but anyway, he worked, for the, he worked for the FBI and he was amazing at it because he saw things about people, details that nobody else saw. I grew up like that. I would see things on people like, uh, you know, they missed an eyelet on their shoe, something about their hair, the way that a tick, something like that, I would always see it. Growing up, I saw it all the time. I thought it was a curse because I noticed stuff about people that nobody else noticed, but really what it was, was a gift from God to just see things that other people don't see, and as I learned that that's what that was, and I started to develop that gift, it was discernment, and I could see good versus evil, and I could feel things. I could feel things on people when I was working with them, and they were going through a traumatic event with a husband or a kid or something, and there was anxiety, overwhelming stress, I could actually feel it on that person. Does anybody else in this room know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand if that's you. Because nobody in church wants to talk about this. No, raise your hand really high. I want to get a good, accurate. Look at that. Do you guys realize that that's a spiritual gift? Where's that at? 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, Paul's talking about spiritual gifts. He says the discerning of spirits. Do you know why we discern spirits? It's so we can can go after them and we can give people freedom. We can get those evil spirits off of people. Four years ago, three years ago, when I was first learning what that was, I was discerning a spirit. I I hate, I can't like look at anybody because I don't want you to feel like, what's on me? Oh my gosh, is it on me? What is it? (laughs) Jose, I would look at somebody and I would say, that is evil on them. Amy, get the kids. Maybe they won't come back to church next week. Honestly, it became I can see something there so I would warn people stay away from them, which is the absolute opposite of why Jesus gave us the gift. The gift was to be able to see stuff so I could go over there and say, Chip, Yeah, get off in Jesus' name. I could free him of that thing, not avoid them, because that's what the church will do. That's, for the majority of it, when we don't know, when we don't train, when we have all these people that are like, I don't really know what this is. I feel like I feel other people's stuff, and like, the word empath keeps coming up, which I don't know what that is, empath. I don't know what that means. Is that the world, is that? Psychics, I don't know. What I know is discerning of spirits, I can feel what's happening to that person because God wants me to intercede on it. Mm -hmm. He wants me to go and do something about it. And so if you're in that boat and you need to know more about it, I'm not a professional. I'm not an expert. I'm learning as I go, but I would love to just sit down and talk about it because I'm telling you, I thought it was a curse for a long time. I hated it that I would see things about people when I just really wanted to like this person, but man, I just see all this trash and stuff. And what am I doing about it? Okay. Did you want to reference it? It's up there. What? Or not? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, right there's the scripture. Is that it? Yeah. Do you want me to read it? No. Okay. Um, so that's what we do. We basically, we sit and we pray with you. And Jesus will take you to a wound, and we will, we will clean out the wound. And when people leave, we see fruit. Yeah. I can't explain it. We see people offer forgiveness that they, they didn't even know they had it in them. They offered forgiveness in places that they didn't even know that they needed to forgive. And I'm not saying that we're doing it the right way and other people doing it the wrong way. The group that came from Kansas City, there's four of them. It takes four hours. They had one tour guide and three discerners. We do it in an hour, and there's two of us. That's just the experience and where God led us. And we've been doing them, and we're seeing fruit. We're seeing people find freedom. We are seeing an immediate change. Man, there there is a spirit of suicide on this town. There is a spirit of suicide on this town. And when we get together as churches to do something about it and, like, get excited, Satan steps right in and tears everybody apart. And so I don't know how, but we've, been, we've had some girls that have been routed to us that we are not connected to in any way, shape, or form that are dealing with suicide they're actively going through the steps to, to carry out their plan. We have a freedom session on the couch, and they have a total new lease on life. And that's real. When I walk out of here and I see it, it's real to me and to Amy. And so we want to offer that to our community. At the end of the day, that's where we're at, kids. We want to offer that to our community. Now, if your wife doesn't let you go fishing, do not call me and say, Josh, I need to cast this thing out of her. Like, <laughs> I am done.
6: <laughs> we,
9: want to, we want to do this for our area. We want to continue to do it. We're, we're scheduling people. We're making time for Holy Spirit to sit down with people and go through this stuff because it's good. And we're seeing the fruit of it. So, what else? So
10: next on the list. Yeah, so I was
9: kind of skipping all that. We
10: okay. Go ahead though. Like Josh said, we've seen fruit, but there's the what if, what if someone's not helped, what if a freedom session doesn't really help them. Well, going back to, remember, the first step is salvation. And that is something that we, we ask them first, like, do you believe that Jesus is Christ, he's your Lord and Savior, that he died on the cross, rose again? Um, obviously, that's foundational. But, but, yes, that's first and foremost, um, is knowing Jesus because he is the one that brings the freedom. And as a believer, we're under his authority, Right. As a non-believer, again, whose authority are you under? And so um, other reasons why some people might not be helped would be attending against one's will. Never force someone into doing this. It has to be their choice. Um, Being unwilling to forgive or not following through the next steps. Choosing to wallow in self-pity. Fearing the unknown or not being open and honest with the team. Refusing to believe that you could... um, be demonized or or be attacked by evil spirits, Um, even beginning the process but then falling prey to those spirits that have yet to be removed, succumbing to peer pressure from well-meaning friends that just don't believe in the deliverance process, Um, suffering from spiritual afflictions that are not understood yet, or denying sin and refusing to accept the personal responsibility for one's actions. So like Josh was talking about earlier, if you choose to still live in live in willful sin, following you're still inviting that stuff in. Um, we we can come into agreement with things in a lot of different ways, and so for me, so I don't see or feel like Josh does at all. I don't have that's not my gift. It's mine's completely different. But when I'm watching a a movie and there's killing or um, I'd say anything sexual or just all kinds of things of the world, I, more and more I, I can't watch it. And, and not only that, I'm choosing not to because I don't want to agree with those things. The things that we feed on, that we feed our mind, um, the things that we're taking in is what we start to become. Like that, that forms our thoughts. It forms our words. It forms our day. And so the things that we're listening to on the radio, the things that we're reading, the things that we're watching, yes, it's just entertainment, but you're feeding on it. And so me personally, I see the difference when um, I watch those things, um, and, and it, it'll even just be maybe in nightmares or different things if I let my guard down and, and, and do that. So, yeah. Yeah.
9: This is a lot of information, and I want to land this plane, but guess what, guys? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. Okay? So this is one way you can find healing. I've prayed for people and seen things happen immediately. I've cast devils out of people in an instant. Not like, I'm not, I don't have, like, notches in my bedpost of, like, uh-huh. I'm talking, like, three times. So you can have an encounter with Jesus, and everything, your life can change in a moment. So you don't, it's not like, man, I just really got to get one of these freedom sessions, so I'll get free. No. This is one way to do it. This is one way to clean out a wound, but your life can be changed in an instant by encountering Jesus. The man God Jesus. And that's what you should be chasing after all the time. It's just like the gathering. The gathering doesn't save you, Jesus saves you. Yeah. Don't chase the gathering. Don't chase another session, another freedom session, because that doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. Jesus, 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 over and over again. And that's the one thing we forget about it all the time, because church can get really slick. This place looks cool. It feels good. I get filled up when I go in there. Do you realize that you get filled up in your living room on the floor when you open your Bible and you get on your knees and you turn on some worship music and you just pour yourself out and say, Jesus, here I am. Mm-hmm. If it's only happening here, then something's wrong. Yeah. This isn't the only He doesn't live in this building. That's how it used to be. The veil was torn. There's no veil on that door or that door. You can't walk in here and find Jesus. He's right here, right inside of you. And that's what you got to fall in love with. He will change everything. An encounter with Jesus will change your life. And so when the world is crumbling around you, when all of your problems seem to be overwhelming, even in this place, even when we're in here, I see it happen week in and week out, people in the back talking to people and crying and I don't know what to do and I, You're focusing on everything else in the room, including yourself, instead of him during worship. Stop going and asking for Jose. Please pray for me, Jose. Jose, come here. Jose is not going to save you. He is going to save you. Have Jose pray for you after you go and get in his presence. And you literally, you're laying on this floor because that's what your heart's doing. And you're following your heart. Have you ever laid on this floor in worship? And drooled all over the place because you just didn't care if somebody like Tyler is going to walk by and go, Oh, this guy's drooling and it's on my shoe. (laughs) No, because you're in his presence. And if you get on your knees and you're like, I don't feel anything. This is stupid. What is Josh talking about? Stay there longer than a minute and a half. If you have to stay on your knees for 45 minutes and everybody's walking out of here, but you're like, dang it, Jesus, you said that if I asked... You would give it to me. If I knocked, you would open a door. I'm knocking on a door right now. Come on. And he would show up. We will, Who's our host family tonight? Who's our host? Do you guys have anything going on after church? <laughs> yeah, I totally put you on the spot. <laughs> I will stay here. If you're on your face and you're encountering Jesus, we will stay here until you're done. Because when you get in it, stay in it as long as you can. Stay in it as long as you can because everything in your surroundings is going to try to get you out of it. Well, I can hear people leaving. I can hear the music changing. I really like this song. What's going on over there? People are crying. Who cares? Focus on Him. Focus on Him. That's why we steward worship so hard. I talked about it before we started last week. It's, so, it's a special place. Have the conversations outside. After church or during worship, but take it outside. Because those of us who are in here, we're chasing his presence. And his presence changes everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. Jesus was not scheduling uh, deliverance sessions and freedom sessions in the temple. He was walking up to people. And he was saying, hey, get out in me, my name. Psst. And people's lives were transformed. Oh, my gosh, I can see. My crippled hand is better. You, know, you see what I'm saying? So we have an opportunity, man. We have an opportunity every time we get together, every time you're alone, every time you're in his presence to find freedom. For the times that you're really struggling or you feel like you can't do it alone, that's what we're doing. And it's so important to us, man. We are, we are dedicated to this ministry. And if you want to help support what we're doing, this ministry is 100% free. But we're going to continue our education because there's people that have been doing this for a long time. Two people in particular that we're going to be looking to connect with in the next several months in Dallas. One is actually works at the Upper Room; that's what she does day in and day out. And then Ray Sturdevant. He's been here before. He has a ministry, and so if you want to above your ties, if you want to make an offering to this ministry, we would we you can you can pay the church and you can put it on the memo. Freedom sessions, and we're going to use that money to help us get to Dallas and back. We're going to use that money when we do freedom sessions, we have somebody come and stay with our kids. We pray for our house before we leave and when we get back. We pray for our dogs. We pray for this space. As stuff is coming off of people, we don't have pigs to cast it into, so we pray for protection. We have people come and stay with our kids while we're here doing it. And so we pay for daycare or for babysitters. So if you want to partner with our ministry, if you want to make a donation, because that's what it's just merely a donation, that's what it's used for. for. Because we want to travel in southwest Kansas. We've already started making relationships with other churches to offer this where they don't even, they're like, what are you talking about? cool who i don't know huh can you be that's a good sermon yarnal yeah <laughs> absolutely man i'm not going to stop anybody from getting baptized yeah i think i think actually when you get into push pushpay you can sort of you can do that right you can tell it i think you can put a little we have to add the drop down oh we have to add the drop down I don't, you know, come on, Chris, I don't know. <laughs> Jesus, just make it happen. Um, so here's what I want to. Are you done, hon? You got anything else? Uh, we're going to go into ministry time. This is a great opportunity. Uh, can I have my mothers and fathers of this community? Noel? Who else is here? Brian, Clover. Let's, um, Denise, Denise, would you mind praying for people? I just want to be really intentional. I want to be super intentional because here's the thing. Don't miss an opportunity for Jesus to do something amazing. Yeah? Yes. Um, We're going to, here in a second, I do have, I got one testimony of somebody that went through a freedom session. I just want them to kind of share a little bit of what, how that went. Um. And then we're going to pray. We're going to go into ministry time. Man, if you want to nail stuff to the cross, awesome. If you're looking for any kind of clarity or you feel like, man, I don't know about anything. And you need prayer. Man, if you need prayer for healing. If you want prayer for anything we talked about tonight. If you need financial. The stuff that we heard in the testimonies. You're like, man, I wish I had that testimony. These are the people that want to pray for you. These are also the people that lay hands on people. And we see things happen. Okay? So there's a lot of places in Scripture where Jesus says, yeah, it's because of your unbelief stuff didn't happen. These folks believe. It's in the book. It's in the book. <laughs> a lot of times stuff doesn't happen because I don't believe that it's really going to happen. Okay? Natacha. Are you coming up? This is Natacha.
11: heart's beating out on my chest right now okay so um, on Tuesday Tuesday mm-hmm. Tuesday uh, I live with Josh and Amy uh, I just moved out here from garden to be at the coffee shop um, Tuesday I, I did a freedom session it's crazy haha okay anyways <laughs> um, so when I started coming out here uh, I'd always hear testimonies from Clinton I'd hear stories from Josh and Amy and just people coming into the coffee shop and and I kept hearing things about their relationship with, with Jesus and everything, and I'm just like, man, I, I want that. Like, I'm, I'm always reading, I'm always praying, but I always felt that there was something blocking me from having that relationship with Jesus. And so, I kept hearing them talk about freedom sessions and stuff, and every time they talk about it, I just kept wanting to yell out, like, I want to I do this. Like, let me do this. And so, finally, just I was just like, okay, let's schedule the time, let's do this, because I know there's something that is just literally blocking me. So we scheduled it and everything, and it was funny because Amy's like, you know, no matter what, be there. And so I was just like, okay, whatever, I'm gonna be there. Okay, cool. So Tuesday I was off and I was in garden. I was driving back out here, and the entire time I was driving back here, I just had this voice in my head that's just like, you don't need to go, just don't go. You don't, you know, you read, you're good, you know, whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, maybe I don't need to go. But I was like, nope. And then I heard Amy Amy being like, be there. So I was like, all right, I'll be there. So all the time I'm just like, you know. So I come in, and and we sit down, and and my head's going a million miles an hour because I'm like, what is he going to take me back to? And so we finally pray, and then my head just goes clear, and then they ask, you know, okay, Jesus, take her back to memory. And so he brings me back and I'm just standing there in an old apartment that I lived in in Utah, and I'm staring at the door, and I see everything as if I was there yesterday or just earlier that day. Like, it was crazy. The details were just crazy, and it's just I knew the furniture. I knew the way it was laid out. I see just everything was nuts, and so I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, why am I here? Because it's just me, and I'm just staring at, at the door, and so then they say, you know, Why is she in this memory? And all of a sudden, just everything hits me. And it was the time I left my oldest son there, and I just, like, break down. So, anyways, long story short, I'm just trying to get through this, but it was crazy because I never realized how badly I held on to that memory and how I never forgave myself for that moment and how that's affected my relationship with Jesus, so, we went through everything. I'm trying to keep the short. I'm sorry. Um, but it was forgiving myself. It was forgiving my ex-husband. It was forgiving Jesus. But at the, the craziest moment was when they asked, you know, do you see Jesus? And I saw him there, and he just was behind me. I can't even explain it. Like, it was just crazy. And so they asked, they're like, well, what is he doing, and I'm like, he's holding me, and he just said, you know, everything's okay, just let it go, basically, and it was just, it was crazy, but anyways, but then they started doing the discerning part, where you literally just sit there, and you think, okay, this is a spirit of, of unforgiveness, this is a spirit of anger, and you're just, basically, you're throwing this all away, and I kind of laughed, and I'm sorry, if you know, I didn't mean to I chuckled, like, in the middle of one of them, because I'm just, like, sitting there thinking, and she says, okay, now the spirit of this, you know, I'm throwing you away, and I'm just, like, I kind of chuckled, because I'm, like, these are everything, all these things I'm holding on to, and I never, I never knew it, I never had a word for it, I just had those feelings, and I'm just, like, this is so crazy, and so, after that, it's been, ever since then, it's just been really, it's been different, because I'm now able to Discern it. <laughs> I guess that's the word. Like, anytime, like, a few days later at, at work, I was getting frustrated and I started getting really angry, and I'm like, Why am I getting angry? And I'm like, No, 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 no. I'm like, I'm not taking this back. I threw it away. And so it's crazy hearing that, and then I can, like, see it now, and I can tell it, and be like, No. Like, I ain't taking you back. I'm not starting this relationship back over. I threw you away, and Jesus took you away, and you're at the foot of the cross waiting for judgment. So I don't even think so. So it's helped me a lot, and now I, I just feel – and then uh, one of those – and I'm jumping over the place. Um, one of the things was not being able to concentrate when you're reading the Bible or praying – and I mentioned that, I think, to Clinton one day, and I mentioned it, I think I mentioned it to you one time, I can't remember, but it's like, it's like I mentioned it, I was, like, I was trying to do 135, and I said, I get tired when I start reading it, and I just, like, my mind just starts going foggy, and I can't concentrate, and I'm just like, I don't want to do this, and it just makes me tired, but now I'm just like, dude, game on, let's just read the entire thing in a day, I don't care, but it's like, it's just awesome, so I really, I really recommend it, it's it's real. And I feel it, and I want you all to feel it, so that's why I wanted to share, like, it, it's not crazy, it may sound crazy, and I'm not going to lie, the first time I moved out here, and people were talking about, like, spirits and discerning spirits, I'm like, y'all are nuts, but no, like, it's legit, like, it's crazy, like, so yeah, I'm just, like, I was at, a, I criticized it a lot, but it's, like, there, it's a difference, it's huge, but I recommend it, like, seriously.
9: Spread out, hey, Jose. You want to come pray for people too, man? So we're gonna go in our ministry time. We're gonna take ten minutes. I'm gonna let Holy Spirit have the room. If you need prayer for anything, um, man, just come and get it. Like, man, Holy Spirit, you're so good. You're so good, and I just I silence right now. I silence all the lies. All the lies that are that are trying to tell us who we are, outside of you, and who you are. In Jesus' name, we thank you that you're here. And so, Father, I pray for a courage, a spirit of courage to enter into this house right now in Jesus' name. I pray for just supernatural... Jesus' courage to come into this house right now, that we would come, that our feet, we would follow our feet to your presence right now, because you are living and breathing in Jose and Clover and Brian and Josh and Amy and Denise. And so, Father, right now, I pray for just courage, that this would be a starting point that would mark our life to greater things, greater freedom because that's your desire for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we do have a lot of new folks. Um, church is not over. We're going to stay in this place for about five more minutes, and then we're going to take communion together and do worship. So don't run off, okay? Hello, real quick. I need, if you have a child, I need you to go next door, outside, over, check out your child, bring them back. We have a baptism. We want our kids in here for that. So I need you to take a minute, go next door, get your kids, bring them back over. Hey, I know there's still people praying. We're going to have a baptism. So we're just going to, I'm going to invite you to come over here to the giant tank of water. That's where we do the baptisms is in this big tank of water. So just come on over, just head this way. We're going to get in close, nice and tight. Hey, does everybody does everybody have communion? If you don't raise your hand. who's got it? Forrest he's working the nosebleeds back there. We need some up front Right here. Josh Wells got a basket. We go. Hey, don't throw your food. Hang on, don't step on that. Yeah, these are. Hey, these are keto approved. Okay, they're non-gluten. I'm just kidding. I don't know. They might be, but if they're not, I don't want to get in trouble. Don't send. Don't send me an email. All right, and don't bash me on Facebook. All right. Does everybody have their communion?
5: Okay. Um, this is Evan for you guys. This is Evan. So I'm um, gonna let, let him know why he wants to get baptized. Let him speak for him.
4: Um, I'm going to get baptized today because I'm starting a new page in my life. A whole new book, a whole new book. I want to renew my life in Jesus Christ and give all the glory to God and begin with a fresh start. Evan, we baptize you in the name of Jesus, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Brand new creation.
9: just had one of those moments you know where like indiana jones the little the little gold things there and he's got the bag of sand and he like switches it out i wanted to do that with the microphone like stick a candy cane in there so he wouldn't notice
8: all right <laughs>
4: So Josh Josh asked me to do this communion, and my initial response was no, because I I take this as a very sacred time, and it's a very important deal as a believer. So I'm just going to do the basics, if you will, and so if it's not super eloquent, I apologize, but uh, this is just a remembrance of what Jesus did for us, and so we're going to take his blood, and we're going to take his body, and it's not anything weird, it's just symbols. But it is, uh, it, is, it is part of us as believers what we do. So, Jesus, we thank you for what you've done, for your blood on the cross and the, and the stripes that were on your body, God. And we appreciate that. And uh, we do this in remembrance of you. In Jesus' name. Hey, does
9: anybody have a little trash bucket? <laughs>
6: it's
9: over there, Forrest. Hey, if you guys could get further away from all the people with the trash, with the trash bucket, that'd be great. You want to stand outside or? Are It's muted. Not no. muted. No, the piano. Your mom forever. <laughs> all right. So we're going to steward this time of worship, okay? We've got kids in here. If your child is in here, I need you to parent your child while you worship. Have your kids stay with you. Drake and Elliot, come up here. Come up front. Come on. You guys can't hang out on the couch during worship.
10: Jesus, we just want to focus on you right now. You command our attention with who you are. We place our hearts before you, Father. Father, we just declare that we're yours. Say, thank you, Jesus.
12: you're about to move, feel it in the wind you're about to ride in, you said that you would pour your spirit out, you said that you would fall on sons and daughters. my bones you're about to move I put it in the wind you're about to ride it You said that you would pour your spirit out You said that you would call on sons and daughters So like the rain come the in life. and Let your The rain comes to rinse us in love, and let you all.
7: Love is like
12: your love's not fractured right. it's not a troubled mind, it isn't anxious, it's not the restless kind. Your love's not passing, it's never disengaged. its promises, it keeps its word, it honors what's sacred
8: In the atmosphere, Jesus, I know.
10: to cry out to him for. He is here. He is right here and he is listening. This man, he, he desires your heart. He not only desires your heart, he desires the desires of
8: to fight your battles with Jesus.
0: It's really, really easy because he already has the victory. We fight our battles not against flesh and blood,
8: but against the powers and authorities of this world for which he gave us victory. Gave us all the tools. Yes. And this is how we fight our battles. And this is how I fight my battles. Yeah. This is how I fight my battles. Come on, sing it to the enemy this is how I fight my battles. Speak it out so the enemy can hear it. And This is how I fight my battles. (laughs) This is how I fight my battles. Victory in Jesus in your name. This is how I fight my battles. Power I